For those who might be taking notes, I will be making many references, but reading very few of the passages. But there are some things here that I hope are as interesting to you and helpful as they have been to me, because it's something that we hear a lot. How many times maybe have you said, thought, or heard someone else say, well, I just want to know God's will for me. And there may be some kind of big decision that is right before you that you have to make. And you think that God has a very specific plan or he already knows specifically the decision you need to make and you don't know what it is. So how do we make the decisions that we think we would understand that God wants us to make? What is God's will for me? Well, there are some passages that are very plain. We know that God wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth, 1 Timothy 2 and in verse 5. Also, we can understand from the words of Peter that the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Paul also said in Titus chapter 2 and in verse 11 that the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Also, in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20 and 21, it says, Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And then John wrote in the book of Revelation, chapter 2, and in verse 10, we know the latter part of that verse very well, where the instruction and the encouragement is to remain faithful until death. So in short, when you think about these things right here, this is God's will for us. He wants all to be saved, but it's our responsibility to gain that knowledge of the truth. He wants us to be saved, doesn't want anyone to be lost. See, he does not will that anyone be lost. So he doesn't decide right off indiscriminately, this one, this one, that one, and that one over there is going to be lost no matter what. No, he's not willing. He doesn't want anyone to be. He doesn't choose anyone to be. But rather, he wants them to take on the responsibility of repentance and coming to him. Because his salvation has been offered to all through this grace that appears to all. And he wants all to understand the complete work that they need to do, but it's to be according to his will and not their own. We need to be living our life in a way that is well-pleasing and says to him in his sight rather than what's pleasing to me. And it's my responsibility to remain faithful no matter what. If I live a long life until I die, or as this verse really refers to, even when, when death is staring me in the face to remain faithful anyway. So you want to know what your decision is to be? Your decision is to be within these parameters that he gives us. Well, what about other decisions? If you're a young person, you may think, I just graduated from high school. I have these colleges before me. Which college does God want me to go to? Where do I go? What major should I choose? What is God's will for me? Well, let's look at some other things. 
We know Matthew 6 and verse 33, we're taught to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 31 that he does all things to glorify God. Romans 10 verse, Romans 14 verse 19, he is going to be working to minister unto others. Peter in 1 Peter 4 verse 10 and 11 shows that as we receive responsibilities or abilities, we are to be using these things in, toward the service of God and others. We're to be evangelizing other individuals, Matthew 28, 19 and 20. We're to be busy in good works, Titus 3 and verse 8. And in doing all these things, we can be producing spiritual fruit, Colossians 1 and in verse 10. And in doing all of these things, we need the proper motivation as well. Not so that we might be able to be put up on a pedestal or others can come up and just pat us on the back. But as we let our light shine and we use the things that God has provided for us to use, we do it all so that he might be glorified, Matthew 5 and verse 16. Now Paul gives us quite a list of some things in Ephesians chapter 5. Within about the first 14 verses, he gives quite a list of things or practices that we should not be engaged in. He gives quite a list of things. As a matter of fact, he says it shouldn't even be named once among us. And sad to say, of course it has been numerous times. But he points out the contrast there needs to be between our old life and our new life. As we look on in verse 15 of Ephesians 5, he says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. People may be saying, that's what I'm trying to find out. What's the Lord's will for me? He's been telling us. He's been telling us. We need to be patterning our lives according to these instructions. It's not that there's a specific thing that the Lord decides for me, what address I'm supposed to be moving to, what color socks I put on this morning. I only have two, black and white. But still, it's not important to him in those things as long as we seek him first. Many times individuals make the choice, of course, of what's pleasing to them, unlike what the Hebrew writer said, what is well-pleasing in his sight. We might do what is well-pleasing in my sight, and then I get myself in a bad situation. Well, I'm over here and I just can't attend a faithful congregation anymore because it's too far away. This is what seemed right for me to do. Seemed like the right college for me to go to. The right job for me to take. The trip of a lifetime. And I took it, but I was just providentially hindered from then attending the worship service after that. No. We put ourselves in a bad situation and prevented ourselves from being able to go and worship or serve God as we ought to. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, remember the general idea. Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed. The problem is when we want to conform and be like and with everybody else and still somehow get a good grip upon God. Doesn't work that way. We are either conforming, blending with the world, or we are being transformed by the renewing of our mind. How do we renew our mind? 
we take on the mind of Christ. Take on and learn the mind of God. We need to remember that very wise and very plain and simple lesson that Paul teaches in Galatians chapter 6, beginning in verse 7. He says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked, for whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. He who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. He says, don't fool yourself. And who would? Who would go put a little tomato plant in the ground and say, man, that's, that's going to make some good watermelon. I like watermelon, but all I had was tomato plants. But I planted tomatoes and I expect watermelon. It's ridiculous. We don't think that for a second. And yet there will be those who sow to the world, sow to the world, sow to the world, and expect spiritual fruit. Doesn't work that way. Remember the rich farmer? Luke chapter 12, he is already rich. He got a lot richer. Why? Because he was doing what he knew how to do, and he was sowing to all those physical things. And there wasn't anything wrong with being a good farmer, for that matter. But he had left God out of the picture. And many think, well, since he was already rich and he was getting richer, well, God loved him for that, or he was blessing him. No, it was a natural law. Whatever you sow, you will reap. Just because you are receiving earthly benefits from what you're working at so hard doesn't mean God's pleased with you. Because if that man was thinking that, he was the same one God called a fool. Because God was being left out of the picture. So he wasn't working within the guidelines that God was giving we need to be using God's word that's profitable for all things that can make us complete. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Don't expect God to give you other little hints, other little words for your specific situation. Look back at what Joshua was told. Joshua 1 and verse 8. It says, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your ways prosperous, and then you will have good success. How? He said, you have the law. Use it. You just use the instruction that God has given you. We have the instruction that God has given us. And we shouldn't be thinking that he's going to give us something specific or just peculiar only to and for us. He says, here's your guidelines. Live and work within them. We talked about Adam and Eve already this morning. Look back at them. There when they messed up, when Eve was deceived and she took of the fruit and gave it to Adam and he just took it. Was it God's responsibility to jump in and say, no, 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 no. You don't need to be doing that. Why? He had already given them the guidelines. He had already given it to them. Wasn't God's responsibility to cut in? They didn't need to be asking him what his will was for them at that particular time for that meal. He had already told them. So there are guidelines that are given and it's up to us to take the responsibility and make the right decision. Don't think that we're in some kind of unusual dilemma like Balaam put himself in. He wanted to do what God had already told him not to do. But he just kept on, didn't he? You remember that one. But let's look at some things real quick. 
In 1 Corinthians 7 and verse 39, there's some instruction here in this place for marriage. And we have the instruction and some laws, but also within this verse we see that there is some liberty or an area for decision making. Because it says a wife is bound by law as long as her husband lives, but if her husband dies, she is at liberty to be married to whom she wishes, only in the Lord. So she may be wondering, is it God's will for me to get married again? It says right there, if you want to, that's fine. If you wish. But only in this situation, as long as your husband is alive, you're bound. He dies, you can, or you may not want to. Matter of fact, in the earlier verses there, in verses 1 through 7, Paul said, I'd prefer none of you did. So, there was some liberty involved. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 27. If an unbeliever invites you to a meal, you can go if you want to. You don't have to go. You can go. If you do go, don't ask about what the food, what the food is or where it came from. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 2. The instructions for giving. Does God tell us exactly how much? No. He gives us gauges. As you have been prospered, as you determine and so forth. At the end of Acts chapter 4, there were those who were selling their property and giving it to the church or giving it to the help of those who were poor. Were they commanded to do so? No. Acts chapter 5 and in verse 4, Ananias and Sapphira thought they were going to do that. We know what they did. They lied. They sinned. Then Peter said, while it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not under your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men. You've lied to God. He said, you could have done whatever you wanted to. You didn't have to sell it. After you sold it, it was under your control. You could have given all, could have given part of it, but you shouldn't have lied. We see where it's going. You know, sometimes we use the term common sense. I usually think, even if I don't say it, that it's not very common anymore. But God did give us reasoning ability. He has given us guidelines to follow. And we can. If we make sure that we are using His guidelines to guide ourselves, and we are seeking Him first, then we can see the areas in which we have liberty to make those decisions of where we go, where we're going to work, where we're going to live, and all those things. We need to be working toward edification. Romans 15, 2, 2 Corinthians 12 verse 19, Titus 1 and verse 4. With all these guidelines, Paul was able to say, I thought it good to be left in Athens alone. 1 Thessalonians 3 and verse 1. He didn't say, God commanded me to stay and the rest of them go. He said, I thought it good. I made this decision. Paul thought it good to send others ahead to prepare his work in 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 5. Paul didn't walk around in a constant state of inspiration. He was given guidance. His personality was not stripped from him. And he was able to make decisions according to the parameters that God had given him. And we can too. Just very quickly then, there are decisions that may have multiple options. And any one of them might be okay. Choose one. Choose one. Make sure we use the guidelines of God's will. The final decision that one wants to make cannot violate any part of God's will that he has revealed. 
And don't think you're so special that he just has one plan for you and you're waiting for some kind of nudge or something to open up and tell you. It's not coming. If you look for it hard enough, you'll find something, but it's not from God. We need to be finding his will. God will not dictate to the believer what he must do when he has already given him these instructions. You know, Jesus said in John 15, verse 8, By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Work with what we have, but use this also as a warning or a gauge. Colossians 2 and verse 8, Do not be led away through philosophy, empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. Many young person has gone away to college far away from home because they want to get that experience, get out from the house. They learn philosophies, vain deceits, and things that are not after Christ. Young people, home's not so bad. It's not. When you reach that situation and you look back and you think, if I had only known then what I know now, you know what? Someone did know then what you wish you knew. You either didn't ask or you weren't listening. 